there, Truth and Movies listener. I'm comedian Beck Hill, one of the hosts of Animator Z, a new podcast that's all about anime. And I'm rapper Shay Lingo. I'm a big anime lover, and together we're on an anime odyssey right now. Oh yeah, we're talking giant robots. And epic Viking battles. And a whole lot more. So whether you're an anime otaku, otaku, is that right, Shay? You got it. Yeah. Or you're more anime curious like me, have a listen to Animator Z. Here's a little taste of what you'll hear. Hello and welcome to Animator Z, the podcast dedicated to all things anime. My name is Shay Lingo, rapper and musician, and the first UK artist to feature on a major anime soundtrack for Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, that has been blowing up on social media. It has, it has, it has. It's been fun to watch. Yeah, super exciting. And I'm Beck Hill, by the way. I'm a comedian, writer, and the first UK artist to feature on a soundtrack for Robonato, which is an anime I just made up about a robot made out of fermented soybeans. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds that's fan- real... I'm watching that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone should watch it. We'll make it happen. By the by the time that, you know, this is like global and everyone's listening, that's gonna be a show. Facts. So with Shay's passion and my willingness to learn, we'll be navigating the world of anime one title at a time. But who is this podcast for? I hear you ask. Da-da-da-da. Well, if you're a longtime anime fan like me, you're just gonna get some deep dives, hot takes, exclusive expert interviews about some of your favourite anime and films and shows, not to mention the lowdown on the brand new release of Evangelion, Thrice Upon a Time. And if you're more like me and enjoy anime, but have a lot of questions like, why is there a random penguin in this? Then we'll hold your hand as you step into uncharted territory and I'll find you those answers, damn it! <laughs> I loved that, though. It's amazing. Is I that animation the amount that of... Absolutely. Oh, it's stunning. Yeah. 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 And that combination of like very industrial, robotic, like really grounded, but just like kids and robots. But then there's this other thing that anime and manga have done long before Evangelion, which I think sometimes gets forgotten in things like Belladonna of Sadness, things like Devil Man, which has recently been remade as Devil Man Crybaby, which are very psychedelic, which I, I, I don't know exactly where they come from in like the Japanese psyche or Japanese art, I'm not entirely sure and I wouldn't want to say, but these, they're like since the 70s, Japanese animation has been like very focused on just like weird sort of occult images. And what Anno does is bring in like Kabbalah and like Nietzsche and combines it with that. And it is so weird that you just go, I just can't even, I'm not even going to try. Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. It's very, it's, it's, all, it's all a lot of stimulation. Yeah. And it's all based on a lot of stimulation as well. Like even Devil Man Crybaby, I've seen it. It's, it's, it is one long trip. Do you yeah. know what I mean? The whole thing is like one long psychedelic trip and, and it's just kind of consciously floating in and out of that in in that capacity of it just being so many different ways to stimulate your eye and your mind and the conversations between them and then you throw the, like the, the metaphors and the symbolism into that and you've got a, like a fantastically weird experience with a li- with very little context yeah. do you know what i mean and i yeah and i think that when you were saying about not knowing about the angels i think that that psychedelia combined with like the bureaucracy of like japan in an apocalypse means that you feel as disorientated as masato and shinji yeah. do and that there's this like cra- like i don't think angels have ever been so accurately represented as like weird alien creatures as they probably would be if a- if angels yeah, existed yeah. um it's like you'd see these and weird things interdimensional yeah you yeah. see these like weird interdimensional creatures just as you said and then you have like people doing 
giving like documents to like the Japanese military about like filing for like national blackouts. And it's that like constant like ricocheting that Hideki Anno smashes in everything that he does. Well, one of the things that really struck me watching the first film is because obviously a lot of kaiju stuff and a lot of that fascination with that and the firepower mm. is associated with Japan's, you know, experience mm. of nuclear bombing and and a lot of people coming to terms with what happened in Hiroshima and how just disorientating that would have been. So that's what I find really fascinating when, when they were adding the bureaucracy element because suddenly that was what threw me into going, oh, yeah, this is what war's like, mm. Mm. you know, and that's terrifying. I think a big part of what made the bureaucracy side so prominent for me was the rules that they, the rules and the way that they, that they enforce mm. that kind of old boy ego into into it by saying things like you can only everywhere can only have three avers mm. do you know what i mean like yes. any any one country can only have this much firepower at any one time yes but we're all actually trying to stop the world from being destroyed by the same thing yeah. we're all trying to fight the same thing but within that we still can't let anyone have any more firepower than us do yeah. you know what i mean big i think time. that was a that was a massive point for me big time um one of the sort of big formative space anime uh, was called um, Space Battleship Yamato, which was 1974, I think. And in that, they basically rebuild a Japanese World War II warship and it goes into space and it's, I mean, classic. Oh, wow. um, and in that, and in that, this constant theme and exploration is, is this ship by being a warship constantly destined for like violence and tragedy? And when they originally aired it, there's a scene that flashes back to the ship when it was in World War II. And the creators of the show really wanted it to just be like, Here's a ship. It's very neutral. And then the, I think the studio or the network were like, we're going to put like some like military like pomp over the top. And they were like, no, war is not something that we celebrate in this show. Like war is a thing that happened. We move on. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that Evangelion does fantastically is it carries on this idea that, as you say, like war is documents, war is trauma, war is like, there is never a consequence in this show that doesn't get like rammed into the ground. Like you just never get to forget that people have experienced something bad. And that's what Anno does so well is that these characters will go through something that you think is tiny. And then for another 20 episodes, you're sat there going, I get it. I get it. They were sad. Could we just leave? But that is trauma. Like that is trauma yeah. that it never leaves you. So I think he does an incredible job building the psyches of these characters and then immediately shattering them in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we love it. <laughs> I wouldn't even say, I would say they don't even get to shatter. They're constantly shattering. Like oh. there is no, it's, yeah. I just feel like Shinji, I'm just like, this kid, yeah, man. Yeah, it's just smaller and smaller pieces each time, isn't it? I tell you what, Nerve, they do not have a employee mental health program in <laughs> place, do they? They would not survive in our bureaucratic society. There's no aftercare <laughs> no. when they send off the package. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, imagine being HR at Nerve. Oh. Just like, oh, okay, we've got to go do some pastoral care for another child. That's yeah, just, <laughs> just I just want there to be one scene where Shinji has to like lie on a couch. You know, like and just talk about. <laughs> he gets no moments to breathe. Absolutely not. And that, no and, moments to breathe. And that is a great consistent theme throughout the show. And I, I Shinji's a difficult protagonist, I think, in general, in that he's deliberately unlikable. Yeah. Um, oh. Like so unlikable. Like you want to be like all the characters who just slap him around all the time. Just like, yeah. come on. But I think that idea that they do include in the film from the show of the hedgehog's dilemma is like, if you understand that, you understand all the forms of the show, this idea that people who are hurt hurt other people by getting closer. And I think the film 
tries to bring that in in a little way but the show does it in so much more detail and it's this show is just an ensemble of people like if you're seeing people in the distance those people are the same in the show that you're just sat there and you're like oh god oh could just one of you just love such could you just communicate to yeah. anybody please i beg <laughs> oh of my you god, he's saying everything oh. that i've been feeling watching this like everything bro you're saying absolutely everything that, yeah. I've, that i've been feeling like where's the scene where shinji just goes to talk to his dad and he's like what the hell they just have a candid conversation do you know what i mean like there's a there's a famous scene in the TV show that they don't include in the films. I don't think this is a spoiler, but um, it's famous because the show loves a still frame. Um, there's a couple of them in the yes, show. Yes, I noticed that. Uh, yeah. And in the film as well. There's one in the show where two of the characters, Ray, who we meet in this film, and Asuka, who becomes far more important in all the series later, um, are in a lift. And I think the frame lasts for like 42 seconds. And it's just them in the lift still. And it's like in that scene is Evangelion. It's just two people standing there, just like seething. Like they hate each other. They don't know how to communicate how much they hate each other. And there's oh, no resolution. Wow. And if that doesn't sum up Evangelion, I really don't know what does. Word. Like it is just like it is the perfect show for the mental health aware modern Word. fan. Like it is so it was Word. ahead of its time, I think, in understanding how people suffer. Well, actually, saying speaking of ahead of its time, would you say that because I when I was watching I mean this is just judging by the first film and obviously you're saying that it is a bit more straightforward mm. but I was like oh it's not as weird as I expect I've seen weirder anime but then that struck me that a lot of anime came after that would you say that it's had a big, big impact big time I think this is a big statement but I do think that Evangelion from what I've read is as big to the Japanese artistic consciousness as Star Wars is over here. Like, wow. the Cruel Angel's thesis, its original theme tune, is one of the most despised karaoke songs in the country because it's always performed. There were, like, my friend went to a town recently that they just turned into an Evangelion celebration for its 35th. Like, the town fountain just had, like, Eva battles being shown on it. It was wild. I hope like, they put loads of red dye in it. <laughs> Do you know what? The red dye is, is, seems to be, like, I saw that and the, the rainbow arc. Mm. Like there's there's a there's a few things that I think Anno does creatively within the Evangelion films that symbolise things kind of in a really mystique kind of way yeah. that you don't know what it really represents. Like the red liquid could represent the sea, but it could also yeah. represent the fluid that, yeah, the that you're dropped into. But then yeah. it could also represent. And then when when Avas are destroyed, the I just assumed it was blood. Mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, but, but that's that, what I mean. That, like you, yeah. like you're you're constantly reminded yeah. of that. There's it's such a constant yeah. in that. And then there's these moments where, where where things will happen and you'll see this arc. Mm. You get me this kind of yeah. rainbow arc, and it yeah. it says so much. It implies so much about innocence or the way anything could have gone in the in that situation. The way it ended up going, it's like a, a kind of dichotomy between tragic tragedy and innocence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anno takes a lot of symbolism that existed long before him, religiously, sci-fi wise, anime wise. But his visual language has trickled down through anime for decades. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't think about evangelion when they're creating a story and there's been so many deconstructions of other genres things like revolutionary girl utana things like Puella magi magica madica terrible name to say um that do the same thing but similarly in the west i think there's a lot of things we wouldn't have seen if we didn't have evangelion like the creators like hideki Anno and satoshi Kon have changed how we think about like like mental breakdowns and like art and psychedelia and what we do. I don't think you would have one division without Evangelion. I don't wow. think you'd have. That's a big statement. Like, I yeah. like that. That's... Like, I also, what beautiful. a jump. Yeah. I would yeah, never, no. I would never say, uh, like, I, like I would never make that connection. But like that story about like artistic tropes and how they explore depression and loss is fundamentally Evangelion. It's a little bit more westernized. There's a few more big fights in it, but like, yeah. But it's so like it's to me, I was just watching it and I was like, this is even there are scenes in the show where they do actually go into like shows within shows. And I was like, this is 
this is one division this is evangelion things like annihilation i don't think you would ever have had without evangelion like that whole scene where natalie portman is like seeing various versions of herself like sprouting flowers oh, and yeah, having yeah. like all of this imagery of how we show and tell nothing like that language has become like a big part i mean like Kubrick obviously did it himself, but like Evangelion made what we consider to be like weird alien horror what it is today. Like I think that every artist who makes anything featuring anything from outside this world owes Anno a debt. And I that's a big call. It's a, it's and a I will say, pool. come to me if you massive if pool. any of you want to fight me. Directors of Sci-Fi. <laughs> my address is. <laughs>